the return of the CJOB Sports Show podcast. Yes, it's been gone for a bit. Did you miss me? You probably didn't even know. That's okay. Anyway, here's what's happening tonight. We've got Jansen Harkins of the Manitoba Moose, the leading scorer in the American Hockey League. November's Player of the Month. Great chat about his roots playing at a high level and communicating with Andre Chibisov, despite the fact that Chibisov really doesn't speak any English. They've had great success on their line. Also, we talked to Owen Peterson of the Winnipeg Ice on his strong season, a strong second season with the WHL franchise here in the peg. And Kirk Penton stops by to preview the CFL offseason, project who's going to end up where. That's on the podcast. If you take a look at the AHL stats page, the man at the top of the points list is Jansen Harkins. Of the Manitoba Moose. A 22-year-old has 6 goals and 22 assists in 24 games this season. A breakout year for the Ohio-born BC Race Center, who has already blown past his assist total from last season. Crazy November for him. Earned him AHL Player of the Month honors, and he joins us now on the CJOB Sports Show. Jansen, how are you enjoying your season so far? Uh, it's been good so far. Uh starting to play more games now, so obviously getting a bit more comfortable and um, team's starting to pick up a bit, so it's been fun. Now, you are the November Player of the Month in the AHL. What what does a, a, an accomplishment like that mean to a player? Um, it's exciting for sure. I think, uh, obviously, to get recognized is, um, is exciting for me, and um, I've been playing better as well as of late. So, uh, yeah, just pretty fun, fun time to be playing hockey right now for sure. So this is really your third full season with the Manitoba Moose, and you already have 28 points in 24 games. You had 31 last year in 70 games. What's different for you this year? Um, uh, not too much, really. I think uh, obviously a bit more uh, opportunity, I guess, and, and just ice time and playing with some good players is uh, is definitely important. Um, our line's been clicking a lot recently, so that's obviously a big uh, a big uh area of kind of just getting offense and, and getting chances. So uh just playing with some good players and getting some chances and that's kind of what it comes down to I guess. And for those who aren't following as closely, who are the players you've spent most of your time with? Uh Andre Chibisov and Seth Griffith. So uh Chibi's newbies, he's uh just a big skilled uh Winger from Russia, and uh, Griffith is just like kind of the opposite, little skilled, uh, fast player. So I think um, just a good uh, good amount of diversity on our line. I think that's kind of where the success comes from, kind of um, a bunch of different types of players. So this is Chibisaw's first year in North America. Is there any kind of language barrier with him, or is he good? Uh, I mean, for sure. He doesn't really speak any English, but uh, I think he he's getting better, and he uh he communicates a lot with his hands, so I mean uh, we're trying to kind of read what he's trying to tell us out on the bench, but it's um it's coming along a little bit here. The language of hockey, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now you were born in the states. You uh, moved to uh, Canada when you were young. Do you have any allegiance to the U.S.? Um, yeah, I was I was born there, so my my uh, my whole dad's side of the family is uh is from from the states, so. Um, I got a lot of ties and, um, I obviously get to go there a lot with, with playing hockey. So, um, yeah, I think I was, I was born in, or I was, I grew up in Canada. So I think as, as I think of it, it's, I'm more Canadian, but, 
um, definitely enjoy my time when I get to go down to the States and, and just see my relatives. So you're born in Cleveland. You're not a Browns fan, are you? I am a Browns fan, actually. Okay. How's that going uh, for you? <laughs> I mean, not great. Uh, I was – see, I've always tried to find – Especially being from Canada, you don't get the the football team. So I've always liked the Seahawks, just being from Vancouver. But um, the Browns, the past couple of years, making some some splashes. So uh, kind of started on the bandwagon a few years ago, but it, it hasn't been going great. But um, I think only up from here, really. So fair enough. Yeah, in Canada, you're not going to get a lot of Browns games on TV. No, no. But uh, this year is better. Actually, they got some some stars. So. Uh, they get some prime time now, which is uh, well-deserved, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, your dad played in the NHL a little bit, Todd Harkins. When you're the son of a guy who's played professional hockey, was there much of a choice for you to play hockey? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, from a young age, not really, I guess. Um, we started playing pretty young, uh, me and my brothers, and I got two brothers that, that played as well. So um, I think it was kind of, we were pushed into it pretty young, but uh we always had the option to kind of do what we wanted to do. And uh, me and the rest of my brothers all played a lot of sports growing up. So it kind of comes to a point where you kind of have to choose which sport you want to play. And um, for me, it was hockey and um, been working out so far pretty well. But um, I was always into a lot of other sports growing up, especially my dad being from Cleveland. Uh, football's big there as well. So um, I love playing football as a kid as well. Just hockey kind of seemed like uh, a good choice, especially being from, from Canada. So. Um, that's kind of how it all happened. Well, BC's got a pretty good football scene too. It's got a big junior football scene as well. So, uh, what other sports did you play? Um, I played pretty much everything. I played soccer, football, baseball, um, kind of anything you can think of really, but mainly, mainly team sports. Um, my parents were pretty big into kind of just dropping us off at the team or with the team. And, uh, I mean, having three boys, it's pretty busy, uh, busy schedule. So. Um, kind of played a bit of everything and then um, ultimately kind of just stuck with hockey. Uh, being from Vancouver, that seemed like a seemed like a pretty good choice. But, um, yeah, I think that's kind of something, too. I, I'm, I'm happy I got to, the chance to play a bunch of sports growing up. I, I didn't really focus too much on hockey until, until later. Um, I'm pretty thankful about that because it it's, uh, takes so much of my time now. I think I, I'm fortunate that I was able to do other things when I was younger. Well, we hear a lot about how we don't want kids to specialize because they can develop different skills they don't really even know about that in other sports that can end up helping them in hockey that they wouldn't have even thought of in the first place. Oh, for sure. I think, um, yeah, like you play anything, obviously football's pretty dynamic, baseball's um, I hand coordination. Like, yeah, I think I think just, uh, I mean, I know like Gretzky's uh, pretty well known for, for stressing that point, but I, I think that's uh, that's big now. I know um, kids are starting to specialize in different sports a lot younger now, and I think um, personally, I don't think uh, I would enjoy hockey nearly as much now as if, if I was um, so invested when I was younger. So, um, obviously, it kind of things turn out the way they do uh, seems like for a reason. But um, no, I'm, I'm happy I got the chance to to do other things when I was younger. Now you mentioned you have two brothers. Where do you fit in in terms of age with the two brothers? I got uh, an older and a younger, so in the middle, it's right in the middle, yeah. But I think that's good. Uh, I gotta get, get the best of both worlds a little bit, but um, yeah, definitely uh, happy to have them around when I was younger, and um, a lot of competition within the family, which is a good thing. So yeah, it was fun. 
One last thing. I'm, I'm sure you get asked about this, but your dad was in the movie Miracle. Does he have any kind of memorabilia around the house about that? Uh, a couple of things, actually. Um, most of it kind of got slotted in my room, actually, when I was growing up. So I got I got a lot of the uh, Miracle memorabilia under my possession right now. So it's good. It's, uh, it's a good reminder of home, and I bring some stuff with me um, when I move out to I come out to Winnipeg just to kind of bring me back, but um, no, I I think uh, it's pretty it's pretty funny ever if I ever turn the movie on or or guys I play with pretty much everyone's seen it so I always mention he had a, a one one face up one face up or close up in the movie so pretty funny um, good movie and uh, yeah big movie star I guess yeah it's, I I quite enjoyed that movie what do you have memorabilia wise if you don't mind saying. Uh, just jerseys and, and photos and kind of posters and that type of thing. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it seems like a long time ago now, but he was in, uh, he was on the TV quite a bit, uh, when that movie came out and then he was in the, uh, the making the cut that show when it was airing, uh, kind of around the same time. So, uh, he got a lot of spotlight actually back then. Do you remember that time? You would have been only seven years old when that movie came out. Uh, no, no, that was more more my older brother. I think my room was the guest bedroom, so I finally got that when I was a bit older. I think that's why I had all the the stuff already in it. But um, yeah, pretty funny. Fair enough. Finally, how are you enjoying life in Winnipeg? Ah, uh, it's great. It's 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 been home now for a few years, so I'm getting uh, getting used to it. And in the winters. Um, I mean, no better place to play hockey, right? So, uh, yeah, it's been fun. Obviously, once you kind of spend some time in a city, you get to know the ins and outs, and everything becomes a bit easier. So, um, being my third year now, definitely uh, a lot more comfortable. Well, Jansen, I appreciate you taking time to talk to us tonight, and best of luck as you continue your season here with the Moose. Okay, no problem. Thank you. Tonight inside the freezer, we're joined by Owen Peterson of the Winnipeg Ice, his second year with the club. 6'3", 187 pounds, 17 years old from Stony Plain, Alberta, with six goals and eight assists in 27 games this season, including an assist on the game-winning goal in last night's 4-2 home win over the Swift Current Broncos. It was a rare Wednesday night game for the ice. And Owen, is it weird playing in the middle of the week? Yeah, I think... uh... I think it's different playing on weekdays, but I think uh, we still prepare the same and treat it like any other night and uh, try and go out and play play hard, even if it's not a more hyped-up game. I think we just try and go play it the same way and have a good game. And how would you describe last night's game? I think uh, we played hard. We, for the most part, played to our system, played well structurally, had some breakdowns at times, but I think all in all we had a good game. So the ice right now are 15-11-1. You're second in your division right now. Is that where you expected to be after 27 games? Um, I think uh, there wasn't really a set place we had in mind, but if uh, we could play to our system and play hard every night, I think we knew we could be a good team. So I think we're happy with that as of right now. What has the return of Peyton Krebs to the lineup meant for your team? Uh, it's great to have him back. He's a big leader in the locker room, someone we can uh, look up to, and it's a spark to our group, and I think he's helped us a lot. He's a great player, and I think uh, it makes us a better team for sure. You've also seen Matt Savoy get into a handful of games. We'll be playing a bit more, too, coming up uh, as you're running out of healthy bodies. But what what have you seen from him in his first handful of games? Has he, has he met the hype from your point of view? 
Yeah, I think so. I think he's a special talent. It's always nice uh, when we can get him in the lineup. He's fun to watch. Uh, obviously, a great future ahead of him. So anytime he can be in the lineup with us, I think he helps us, and he's been great for us. From your point of view, this is your second real season here with the the ice last year in Kootenai, now in Winnipeg. How would you describe your time in the WHL so far? I think uh, last year it was a developing year. I think I got to know the league and uh, really developed and got better. And this year I've been uh, been improving lots as well and keep getting better every day. And I'm I'm enjoying it. And I think. Uh, taking things day by day, step by step, and getting better every day. I think um, enjoying it. Hey, at seven points last year, already 14 this year. What was your off season like to get ready for your second season? Uh, just lots of training, improving my strength and skating, and uh, nutrition, being in shape, ready for the season, and uh, knowing knowing what to expect this year and what to improve on, I think helped a lot in the off season to get me ready for things going this year. How did the move to Winnipeg help you in that regard? I think a uh, new beginning was nice. We had a bit of a tough year last year, so to get a fresh start was good for our group, and I think uh, we're handling it well and doing pretty good. Now, upcoming is the World Juniors. You, uh, you've got Peyton Krebs, Michael Tepley, Nito Kinder going to selection camps coming up. How much responsibility then falls to the guys that are st- still going to be here to carry the load when they're away from the team? Yeah, I think uh, there's going to be lots of opportunity and lots of uh, chances to prove prove ourselves that uh, we can fill fill in for the guys that we'll be missing, the big shoes to fill. But I think uh, there'll be guys that we will have a chance to step up and perform. And I think there's guys in our locker room that are ready to fill those roles and play well. Has anyone surprised you with their development this year? Um. I, I think uh, I think everyone's really taking a step in the right direction. I think uh, we've all developed. We've all gotten better. I, personally, I see Michael Millen. He's improved tremendously, and I'm very impressed with him as a as an individual. But no, for the most part, the whole group has gotten better and uh, really developed. How do you describe James Patrick as a coach? I think he wants the best out of us every game. He pushes us to be better day in day out and I think uh, he's smart uh, coaches a good structure and uh, positive and I think he coaches our group well how is life off the ice different between Cranbrook BC and Winnipeg Manitoba I think uh, there's lots more to do it's a bigger city um, everything in Cranbrook was five minutes away here uh, bigger city lots lots more to to do and I think uh, it's good for our group to play in a big market like this. How did you pass the time on that long U.S. road trip? I think uh, on the bus I would just watch movies, chat with the guys, play cards, try and get some sleep and just uh, listen to music as time went by. Now you're a taller guy. Do you find it hard to stretch out on the bus? Uh, yeah, at times it could... Uh, could get tight, late start to cramp, but I think I think the guys do a good job of getting some good room for each one of us to kind of stretch out and sleep, so I don't think it's too bad. Finally, when you go into the season, your second year in the WHL, do you, do you lay out a set of goals that you want to achieve? How do you approach the season? Oh, uh, yeah, going into it as my second year, I think uh developed lots last year, so I wanted to keep improving and lay out, lay out a couple goals. 
but just as long as I'm getting better every day, I think uh, it will help me going forward this year. Well, Owen, I appreciate you taking time to talk to us tonight, and best of luck as you go through the rest of the season. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Kirk Penton. Kirk, how are you doing tonight? The CFL offseason has begun. What do you have to do now? I just have to sit back and take little notes and write down what I think about all these coaching changes. Mm, yes, there's a lot. Well, three openings heading into the offseason. Corey Chamberlain, I guess, is keeping his job in Toronto? Sure looks like it. You'd think they would have made a move by now if that were not going to be the case. So, yeah, it looks like looks like there were just going to be three when there could have been as many as six, we were thinking. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we have one of those already filled with Rick Campbell going to BC, Edmonton, and Ottawa, the two that need to be filled right now. Well, let's start with a Winnipeg focus on these questions. And Paul Apolise, uh, do we think that he's likely to, well, he's interviewing, is he likely to be gone from Winnipeg next season? Good question. I mean, he is kind of the, you know, the hot name right now, you could say. Um, he's definitely, you know, one of the, if not the best coordinator in the league right now. So if teams want to get that offense, they're, uh, you know, going to have to get him to be their head coach. He's not going to make him a lateral move. And I don't even think, I think, uh, you know, can't even name him like super duper assistant coach or something to get him to go anywhere. It's head coach or bust. And, uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting because people in Winnipeg know that his first stint as a head coach didn't exactly, uh, go great. I know that there were extenuating circumstances with Joe Mack being his general manager, but uh, I don't know. I, I It's it's a tough call because I don't know how well he interviews and, and what he has planned. Like I almost think that Paul Lapolis is kind of the best coordinator out there and should maybe stay in that role. I think that's pro- maybe where he thrives the best. I don't know. Um but it'll be interesting to see if a team takes a chance. If I had to guess now, I'd say, I bet you one of those two teams will give him another shot. We see Ottawa this, or Edmonton. And we see this, Kirk, in the NFL and the CFL. There are men that get their shot at coach a couple times, but ultimately they're amazing coordinators. And when it comes to head coaches, they're, you know, just okay. And you think of the likes of Norv Turner, who's, you know, a great offensive coordinator, but he's never been able to really stick as a head coach for one example. But what other names are getting floated around for these head coaching gigs? Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, guys like former Bombers quarterback Ryan Dinwiddie, who's kind of an offensive, viewed as a, as a young offensive up-and-comer in Calgary. And then Mark Killam, he's the special teams coordinator in Calgary. Those are kind of the two names of people who haven't already been head coaches, and then you... And then you have kind of the list of people who have been head coaches like Mike Benavides, Paul LaPolice, all these coordinators like that. Uh, Jason Moss, it looks like, is going to Saskatchewan now to be their offensive coordinator. He's going to have to take another step back, you know, like we've seen so many times. Uh, these guys, like you said, get their shot. And uh, often they're taking over a team that doesn't, uh, that isn't really playing well, right? That's why they're in search of a new head coach. So you're kind of going in behind the eight ball and, and things often, you know, on more instances than not, they don't work out. So do you regurgitate an old head coach or do you go with the new face and, you know, run the risk of having another situation like Devon Claybrooks in BC? I mean, I don't know if you really know what's going to happen with uh, 
with a young guy, you don't know what's going to happen with a, a guy getting a second chance. Has he learned enough? Has Paul Lapolice learned enough in the last six years to uh, to know what he's doing this time around as a head man? You just don't know. Talking with Kirk Penton of The Athletic and, yeah, coaching carousel, but also quarterback carousel. We're anticipating, not, maybe not quite like last season, but with the likes of Trevor Harris and Mike Riley getting moved, but certainly uh, you look at Ottawa, they need somebody. Winnipeg has no no quarterback signed. Mm-hmm. Looking at Toronto, they've got a few guys. McLeod, Bethel, Thompson, James Franklin don't really move the needle. What are you hearing and what are you anticipating this offseason? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, if the Bombers bring back Kalaros, they, uh, they'll owe Toronto a, a first-round draft pick. That's something else to consider in this picture. Um, you know, Matt Nichols coming off the shoulder injury. Who knows what happens there? Um, you know, the Dinwiddie to Ottawa situation has been talked about for a couple months now as almost a package deal where maybe Ryan Dinwiddie would take a Nick Arbuckle from Calgary to Ottawa because Arbuckle did play well in uh, in relief of an injured Bo Levi Mitchell. So that's one to watch. You got Jeremiah Mazzoli, who's a free agent in Hamilton. Do they want to go back to him or do they want to stick with Dane Evans? He looked pretty good. Got his team to the Grey Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Strebler, I, 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 I pretty much see Strebler coming back to Winnipeg to yeah. slot into that number two or one B role, so if you I. will. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Winnipeg is the most interesting situation for me just because all of them are free. And is Zach Kalaros going to last a year? Uh, does he want to be in Winnipeg again? I mean... They tried to sign him, or they wanted to sign him desperately six years ago. <laughs> and he said, no, I'm going to Hamilton because he does have family in Ohio. He's from Ohio. And everybody has always said he, he wants to play East, but the guy just won a great cup. I mean, do you come back to try and do it again? It's 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 a very interesting situation with two the two Grey Cup finalists going into 2020 with a very unsettled quarterback situation. So I don't really have any information yet. There's still a lot to be determined. We don't even know if Jeremiah Mazzoli is going to be healthy enough to start because he uh, tore his ACL on July 25th against the Bombers. So many, too many things up in the air, I think, at this stage to, to really be able to to put uh, put guys in where we think they're going to land. But uh, regardless, it's going to be very interesting to see how it unfolds. The fact that there are so many free agents, the Bombers have the fewest, but the era of the CFL now where there's so many one-year deals, do you think that's good for the league? I don't. I mean, I think, I think fans like connecting with players. You see it all the time. You know, you just, you just come to, to know that guy and he's part of your team. He's he, he bleeds blue and gold for instance, but now what is it like? I haven't figured out the exact number, but one exec told me that he told me like two months ago that 70% of the league is, is going to be, have the potential to be a free agent and the numbers, what do the bombers have like 24? And that's the lowest that's number. The, that's the fewest in the league. 24. Like it's ridiculous. Um, and you can change your team. You can change your team's fortunes just like that. In this situation, I mean, there's a lot of good talent out there. You look at Willie Jefferson, mm-hmm. guys like that kind of, you know, you could make a killing 
a guy like Willie Jefferson. You just hop from team to team every year, Hired one year gun. at a time, get get paid the big money, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, CFL and NFL careers are not long, and you can't blame them for wanting to do that. Why wouldn't he go play wherever for a ridiculous amount of money that they're going to pay him? So. You know, in a perfect world, I guess you'd like to see guys kind of locked in and, and build that identity. But, it, you know, it's it's one or the other. Guys get more money for less term, and that's just how it works. So it makes it kind of exciting on one front, but I don't think it really helps build the fan base like it should. Right. Now, you mentioned the NFL. Jonathan Kongbo of the Blue Bombers released to go give it a shot today by yeah. the team. Do you have any kind of thoughts on why someone like Willie Jefferson, who's this physical freak and such a disruptor in the CFL, why he hasn't given the NFL another shot? I don't really know. I mean, I know he has had issues, of course. Um, and that the NFL is very, very strict when it comes to that, um, you know, legal issues about a certain drug that is now legal in Canada. I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not. Uh, talking about marijuana, of yes, course. Yes, yeah, weed. He got busted for weed in Texas when he was trying to for the Texans and they let him go. Yeah. And you, and NFL teams, I think, see that. I'm not sure. Um, but he is a physical specimen, without a doubt. You'd think he'd be a perfect fit for that league. I don't know how he fits when it comes to speed. I mean, we saw in the Grey Cup, he looked like he was, uh, you know, the flash basically getting, uh, getting to Dane Evans there around the edge. But you know, I don't know. Maybe I really can't explain it. I know he has had his shots and he's had his chances and maybe he's smarter than all those guys who go for the chance, the off chance of making a roster. He's up here making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. That seems smart to me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he has it figured out where other guys don't. So uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe somebody gives him another chance and he decides he's going to go for that big payday. He's got a young family now. I don't know what's going to happen with him, but uh, obviously every CFL team would be better with him, and the Bombers obviously want him back. Mm -hmm. Finally, Kirk, what did you think of the Bombers' celebration from afar? (laughs) It looked pretty, pretty, pretty fun. I mean, I covering that team for well more than half of its drought. uh, I, you know, I was well aware of the feelings that were obviously flowing out of fans when uh when they won that game that night and uh it was uh, it was fun to see for all those long suffering fans who uh you know filled my inbox with so much angst and anger <laughs> all those years uh you know people emailing me saying that they're they have tears in their eyes and uh it was i was very happy for them and uh and it was very cool to see and it, uh, it looked like quite the party i'm glad the weather cooperated and uh yeah strugglers kind of become he has He's to come a back now, right? Around the country, <laughs> what's that? He has to come back now because of that celebration. I mean, yeah, pretty much. He's I a hero mean, here now. Listen, jorts and and uh, you know, you just have to. You're right. There's there's no there's no leaving now once you've worn that outfit. Absolutely. Well, Kirk, I appreciate your time as always, and enjoy what you can of the off season before it really heats up. Yeah. Thank you very much, Christian. Take care. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell. Or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. 
If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?